20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast, everyone. I am Steve Perhatch. I'm joined by Dusty Evely. Sarah Kelleher is in Las Vegas and not joining us today. And uh, so, Dusty, what's going on, man? It's just the two of us today. It'll be uh, I, I might have enough to really set you over the edge today. So I'm, I'm very <laughs> excited for this episode. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, no, Sarah. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. You know, uh, things got a little tenuous um, over chat earlier today. I almost <laughs> called in sick tonight, and I made you go solo. But um, I don't, I don't want to call myself a hero, but I am. Um, I will, for others are free to call me that. Uh, so yeah, excited to. Um, so I talk. This seems like the first time that we've been recording that we've not had something very clear to talk about. There's like nothing or right in the doldrums of the off season. There's not a ton going on, but Hey, I'm excited to talk to you all the same. <laughs> it, that was one of the things that kind of, we, we were trying to think of things to talk about today. And all of a sudden it's like, well, the draft is over. Uh, <laughs> they've, they've signed most of their rookies. There's a little mini camp, but there's not a lot going on. Like, um, mailbag, let's do a mailbag. <laughs> let's make other people do our work for us. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, before we dive into our mailbag, we did want to talk. There was a statement released today by the Packers and Ted Thompson, um, just kind of going over the health issues that, you know, plagued him and the reason he stepped down. Um, we're not going to do a big deep dive into it, but I mean, everybody knows Ted was Ted, like he was great for this organization. He mm-hmm. did so many wonderful things. Uh, it sucks that this is kind of the way it all went, um, that his health kind of took a toll on him. But um, happy to see him in, in his retirement with the, with the Packers. And overall, just it's, it's sad, but it's just one of those things I think we all kind of knew was happening. But it was maybe not nice to get that confirmation, but it was just, you know, comforting to hear, I guess, maybe for me. I don't know. Is that what you were kind of feeling? Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, I, I had zero idea of anything was going on, but there, you know, there've been uh, rumors floating around of health concerns for a while. So this is not, this is not a shock by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, you know, you never wish that, you never wish that on anybody, man, like that kind of thing. You never wish that on anybody. And someone like Ted Thompson, who'd been, who's been with the Packers organization for a while and was a very good GM, um, and just like had a really, I always love, you, you know, you never heard him talk much, but he always had like a, uh, a very like dry sense of humor, uh, kind of a very dry, quick wit that I always just loved his press conferences. Cause you knew he was just going to get some ridiculously underhanded burns without just cracking his face. Uh, like it, that was always tremendous. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Hey Ted, you're not listening to this, but Hey, we appreciate everything you did. Uh, and, uh, you know, hope. Hope this all turns out for the best, man. This uh, it's 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 not great news, um, but um, yeah, I don't know what else there is to say. To be just... to be fair, we don't know if Ted is listening because we did find out we have a listener all the way out in Germany. That's true. That is, uh, if, we will be getting one of his yeah. questions in a little bit. So I mean, you never know. the The reach of the Pack a Day podcast is growing, and Ted Thompson might be might be one of those guys. If we can reach Germany, we can reach Ted Thompson. I think so. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, before we jump into our mailbag, I do want to pull the curtain a little bit back and discuss why Dusty might be killing me tonight. Uh, Sarah is in Vegas, as we just said, and she is at a show with her family. And she told us that she was going to see the Beatles live. Is that what it was? Yeah, it's, it's like a Vegas Beatles show. Yeah. 
Vegas Beatles show. And so we, you know, Dusty and I are telling her, like, have fun, have fun. And as soon as I find out it's a Beatles show, immediate response is, boo. And this set Dusty off. Apparently he's been had, you know, uh, a little bit of a rough week, maybe, mm. but uh, I apparently have set Dusty <laughs> off. So I'm going to be a little bit careful the way I talk to him tonight because if I say the wrong thing, he might just come out and fully uh, blow blow me up for uh, all my Beatles sakes because I don't really like them. I think they're a little overrated. I get that they were, as you said, they're highly influential. Dusty wrote a speech for me. He wrote a speech for me <laughs> in the text about how influential the Beatles were and blah, 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 blah. Well, here's this is my point. This is, this is all I want you to know. This is all I want anyone... <laughs> Just because you don't like the Beatles does not mean that they're overrated. The Beatles were remarkably influential. They made, as I said to you, they made and influenced some of the most innovative forward-thinking pop music for that time that really, I believe, pushed forward the entire evolution of pop music on their own, like just based on like kind of late 60s output and then kind of how that inspired others. You know, you look at, you know, the Beach Boys and the Zombies and there's a whole bunch of other ways you could go with that. Um, so whether you like them or not, they're super, they've been super influential. So I think to call them over, if you don't like them, I don't care. If you call them overrated, <laughs> I think that's ignorant and I will get upset about it. It seems like you do care, Dusty. It does. <laughs> no, if you don't like them, I don't care. It's the overrated thing that gets me, Steve. Just mind your P's and Q's, Buster. No, I, look, they, they, I mean, they're fully overrated. I'm so. Mm-hmm. Right, we're not going to get into this because this is not what this you're, is about. You're wrong, but we got some questions to get to. So, <laughs> all right. So we're going to just start jumping in. We got a bunch of uh, great questions from you guys, so thank you very much. Uh, number one, we'll pop off with Sandro. Uh, he's hey guys. This is from this is Sandro from Sandro. Germany. Who do you guys think will be our backup quarterback this year? Kaiser still safe, or has Boyle a legitimate shot at the number two job? Um, so, what do you think? Uh, and by the way, sorry, uh, thank you for your work. I'm glad the Oreo team is finally <laughs> back at full, full power. Go, Pat, go. Sadly, we are not at full power tonight. However, no. you know, going forward, we definitely will be. And Sarah has said that she is very, very sad she's not here, which is very confusing. I mean, we're two lovable guys, but yeah. sweet Jesus, she's in Vegas. Like, yeah. Yeah, she yeah, she should not have been talking to us no, during this week. No, she not, not be talking but, um, so, number two quarterback. What do you I, think? I think it's Kaiser. I mean, I get I get the boy I love, and I was glad they kept around for three last year. I mean, he showed some stuff, and, you know, uh, we had, uh, what's his face, Callahan kicking around for a while, and Callahan was like, well, he knows the playbook. He's super limited. Like, Boyle, <laughs> Boyle doesn't have those same limitations Callahan does, so to have him as, like, QB3, I'm fine with. Um, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of college production. He has flashed some ability, and that's fine. He's, he's fun to li- watch in the preseason. Uh, I think just based on who Kaiser is and and what he could bring and kind of his ability, uh, I think that puts him over Boyle. I, I think, you know, and it's tough to tell. I think it is tough to tell because you don't know, you know, that was under the old coaching staff. You don't know how the new coaching staff is going to take to him. I think just based on everything we know about Kaiser and everything we know about Boyle, I think Kaiser is safe because I think Kaiser is a better option than Boyle. Uh, now, if Kaiser doesn't progress like they want to, they might move out. They might move on after next year. But I think for this year, it's... For me, uh, Kaiser by a fairly wide margin. Totally agree with you. I think I'm I'm definitely on the same page. I think they invested so much in, in Deshaun Kaiser that they still need to try to get it to work. I mean, you saw the same thing with um, 
with Brett Hundley. I know it's a different coaching system and different um, GM, things like that. But, I mean, they were all in on trying to make him work as a backup. And, you know, they flipped him for an extra pick. And I'm I'm assuming that's the same goal that they have for Deshaun Kaiser is they'd like to be able to flip him for a pick. And if he shows a couple of things in preseason, if he, you know, can really solidify that backup role, that's a very valuable thing that's a, that can be a trade chip in the future. So mm-hmm. I think 100% agree with you. I think Kaiser is definitely number two. Uh, would not shock me if Boyle is still there at the number three. Um, I do think they'll have three quarterbacks this year again. Um, that's my – so I think, yeah, I think that's a pretty pretty easy slam dunk Kaiser number two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so next up we are going to by far the best handle that we had a question from. <laughs> this dude, like this guy, man, his handle is – B.M. Skidmark. <laughs> it could mean anything. It's a family name, Steve. <laughs> Brian Michael Skidmark, Esquire. <laughs> All right, so just we're just going to move right past that. Why wasn't the entire coaching staff and front office cleaned out after 2014? Any idiot could see it was obviously needed. Uh, Steve, I have a thousand thoughts on this, so do you want to lead off? Because when I go, sure. I'm going to be going a while. I let, okay, yeah, I'll lead off. I'll keep it pretty simple. I, It's the Packers. They don't do that. That's just not who that organization is. They don't clean house after going to an NFC Championship uh, game, bringing back a majority of the same guys, bringing back that team that got so close. Um, you know, they, they made some small changes, and granted, a lot of the fans were clamoring for those big changes. They You know, they eventually got made, but – to expect the Packers to wipe out an entire coaching staff and an entire GM, uh, it's just not what they would have. That's not who they are and not how they operate. So while I see your point of you could tell that that, that was the beginning of the end for a lot of people, um, it's just the Packers. That's that's what they do. Yeah, and that was going to be – that was kind of that was one of my first points is it's not, it's not Jerry Jones right on the show. They don't have a hot-headed owner. They take their time. And and for that game in particular, now I'm not saying that like, you know, this season doesn't operate in a vacuum. So we'd seen everything that kind of came up to that point. So I get the cleaning house, but I, I, this is, this is kind of my thoughts on it is that game, you know, they made it to the 2014 NFC championship game and that was hobbled Rogers here. Now, now he had some good games on that one leg, um, but he was going up against the Seahawks who were a very good defense on one leg and they played it a little more conservative and they, and they played very well for the most part, but there's like you know, a dozen or so things that went wrong in that game, whether that's through decision-making or that's through fluke stuff, that if any one of those breaks another way, Packers win that game. So you have, not to make everyone relive like one of the darkest <laughs> memories in recent Packers history, but you've got, and I'm, I'll go back relatively early. This is just off the top of my head. I started listing things off, and I not, did not look any of this up. This is off the top of my head because I've watched that game more times than I should care to. Uh, in the first quarter, um, Rodgers chucked the ball into the end zone. That was picked up by Richard Sherman. He chucked that ball into the end zone because there was a clear offsides by a Seahawks guy that, that was not called, called, and you could yep. see him complaining about it. Well, I think they were on the 30 or so at that point. Uh, that's that They're at least coming away with points instead of the Seahawks getting the ball. That that That's one. You had a three-man rush on third and 19 that did zero that allowed Russell Wilson to sit back for roughly 10 seconds, find a guy wide open because you, you can't just cover guys for that long because it was 10 seconds and uh and that was that that was then to lead into my next point that was a drive that ended with the fake punt touchdown that had aj hawk 
deciding that he was going to run directly at John Ryan, even though there was no one behind him. And John Ryan was at best going to pick up three yards on maybe like a fourth and seven if he ran. Dumb decision. So you had that. You also had the Packers' last offensive possession like before uh, before the Seahawks uh, went ahead, where they just, against a stacked box, and I looked at this in case, like, in the face of an increasingly stacked box, every play the safety came up another three yards, just ran right in the middle of the line with Eddie Lacy instead of giving your all-world quarterback at least one throw to try to pick up a first down to ice the game. You've got Burnett going down after the interception. You've got Haha Clinton Dix uh, forgetting how the human body worked on a two-point conversion. You had the decision to go cover zero in overtime. Um, not great. That wasn't great. Uh, and then Bostic just, you know, forgetting that uh, that he wasn't supposed to try to catch that ball. And that's just off the top of my head. So my point is, and there's more than that. Um, the point is, it was a team that was good enough to get to the Super Bowl, even with a hobbled Rodgers. Um, they made mistakes. They had fluke things happen. And so I understand, like, I understand not wanting to blow everything up when you're that close. And, like, just any one of those tiny things breaking your way. Uh, leads in you winning. You're you're, you're like so close. You literally went overtime after making a ton of mistakes from going to the Super Bowl. And again, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. But it, like, if you look at that, you don't blow a team up over that. I'm going one step further. I decided to look at the head coaches that were hired in 2015. Because you say if you're going to blow it up, I mean, you start with McCarthy, right? So who are the head yeah, coaches sure. that were hired in 2015? Who was available? Who'd they take? Are you ready for this, Steve? This is, I feel like this is going to be really good. This is gruesome. Um, so as I'm saying these names, I want you to think, hey, I'd rather have that man than Mike McCarthy um, because I'm a crazy person. Um, first off, you got Dan Quinn, who's still with the Falcons. Dan Quinn seems like a solid coach, um, even though, I don't know, I'm not the biggest Dan Quinn guy. But he's still with this team. Legitimately the only guy hired in 2015 that is still with this team. 2015 is not that long ago. The rest of the guys. John Fox was hired by the Bears. Rex Ryan was hired by the Bills. Todd Bowles was hired by the Jets. Gary Kubiak was hired by the Broncos. Jack Del Rio was hired by the Raiders. And the immortal Jim Tom Sula was hired by the 49ers. That's not exactly a murderer's row of guys there. Again, Quinn, the only one still with the team. So it's not to say the Packers would have... That, those were the only guys on the market. Not to say that the Packers couldn't have hired someone else, but those were the guys who filled head coaching vacancies in the year afterwards. And so, as a theoretical, I want you to say, blow the whole thing up. Mike McCarthy's out the door. He's done. One of these guys is leading the Packers from 2015 on. Do you feel good about any of those guys? <laughs> Even Dan uh, Dusty, Quinn. Dusty, I have to cut you off. If I'm the GM, I'm smart enough at that point to go out and hire Sean McVay. <laughs> and look at this forward thinking where were you in 2014 steve look at I, you guy. know i didn't have a podcast to talk about mm. it but i totally was calling for him to be hired by the Packers. you were just you were just shouting from the rooftops there's a man that's gonna take the league by storm <laughs> he's younger than me but he's definitely gonna be a head coach in about three years he'll be you know be in the super bowl in a few years don't but hear me now believe me later holy crap you listening all of that stuff off made me so sad Oh my god! I and listen, and this is living that whole game. This is what so I told long. you over the message. I was in the middle of rattling all this stuff off the top of my head and writing it down so I didn't forget it. Um, <laughs> when you were like, "Beatles are overrated," so this is on your head, Steve. <laughs> you know, I, sometimes I just have to drop truth bombs on you and see what happens because uh, it's not—it's not truth bombs. That's the problem. Um, but oh. yeah, I—I I, I guess to, to round us out here, uh, I. 
in the time you could say they should have blown it up and looking back like maybe I don't think it was the right decision based on what happened that year and who was available even though that's frustrating totally makes sense so going uh, next question totally going on brand for our our podcast for us Maggie Lawler uh, one of our faithful other podcast hosts asks which Oreos are the best Oreos so, Dusty apparently has a surprise answer for me, so I'm very uh, intrigued to hear this. Well, first uh, of all, it's uh, her, her handle's still Maggie Lawler, but it's Maggie Loney because she got married, um, what, a month oh, or so ago? Yeah, uh, I flipped that. Thing, but at, yeah. At, at Lambeau, if I'm not mistaken. I believe she, she was did, married yeah, at Lambeau, that. which is, I was going to crash that wedding, and I did not. So, um, sorry, Maggie. Um, yeah, I'm throwing a curveball at you, Steve, because we've talked about Oreos a lot. Um, I'm going peanut butter. Ooh. I'm going. Peanut butter is high, man. I, I think I got original too. The best Oreo. When you can find peanut butter, my God in heaven, it's life changing. It's life changing. What do you got, Steve? Yeah, I know. I mean, listen. That's I was arguing for the, for the bracket, and I feel like everyone forgot mm-hmm. that I was arguing. That no, every, like we always go original because right now original is best. They made it the right way. I feel the same way with the Reese's peanut butter cup up. They made that the right way. The first time I'm with you there, you know. everything else they do, you know, the minis, the putting Reese's pieces in them, what do, all yeah. the little things that you can do to change it, whatever. Fine. I'm, I'm not going to complain about Reese's pieces in a peanut butter cup. That's fine. But that's still number one. Um, I would say the only other one right now that is competing is they have released a fudge dipped Oreo. I've not had that yet. So it is a original Oreo dipped in fudge. It gave it gave for me. It gave the original a run for its money. All right, I'll have to I'll have to check. So I, I I recommend trying them out. You know, might not be for everyone. Is a little extra chocolatey as opposed to the extra cream filling. So that's more up my alley. But have you had the peanut butter, Steve? I have not. Actually. You need to track I those. I haven't down. found them. I've looked. They I've don't looked. have them everywhere. They only have them a couple of places around here, and not all the time. Uh, but if you can find them. Listen, man, next time I'm up that way, I'm bringing you some bourbon and some peanut butter Oreos. I like it. So, uh, Anyway, we miss you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> next up, Nathan Spooner. Which undrafted free agent rookie has the best chance of making the 53-man roster? All right, so I am going to run back through my profile and find my bookmarks so I can look at all of the undrafted free agents. Do you have one in mind for yourself, Dusty? <laughs> I do, I do. Um, I had a couple guys that I kind of had uh, on my list. I like this guy. He's intriguing to me, uh, partly because of position. It's uh, Curtis Bolton, uh, inside linebacker out of Oklahoma. Uh, he's an athletic guy. Uh, he, I, he was undrafted, but he would have tested, I can't remember, I don't have his numbers right in front of me. I would have tested near the top. I think he, it was a, it was a four five forty. I know, and a really good three-cone um, he spent most of his career in Oklahoma as a special teamer and kind of didn't really get that starting inside linebacker role to Oklahoma or, or into a senior season. Um, and, and he did good. He, I think he did most of his damage kind of as a pass rusher, uh, which we've got a lot of those now, which is weird to say after last year. Uh, but he can he's perfectly service, serviceable. I think he's good as an inside linebacker. And I think the thing that helps him out is this positional depth at this point. I mean, right now uh, you basically got Martinez and Burks as your locks to make the team. And, past that it's kind of a it seems like kind of a free-for-all so uh, i was kind of looking at maybe a position that was a little thin in terms of guys they currently have on the roster and uh i don't know bolton seems like a guy that could kind of kind of sneak in you know maybe as you a know, just like depth and as a special teamer some josh jones middle linebacker i'm i'm thinking i'm kind of clamoring for that i think that's uh, no i yeah i'd be down for that i would be down for that 
But I do think, like, when he makes it, he's going to make it as a safety and they're going to rotate him down. I don't, like, mm-hmm. I still think, I don't think they're taking him as, like, a, a full inside linebacker, so. That's fair. I am actually going to make a bold prediction. I know we talked about, um, before we recorded this, we talked uh, Yash, Josh Ninjman. I don't even know how the hell to say that. I'm sorry. Not like um, that. Yeah, it's not, that's <laughs> not it. But I'm not going to, right now, I'm not going to look that up. I'm actually going to make go more bold prediction and actually say there will be zero undrafted free agents on this team this year. Ooh, all right, new era. I think they have they brought in a strong draft class. They brought in some great free agents. You know, it's something that Ted never did. Uh, so they've got four new um, free agents. They've got what seven, eight new draft picks. Yeah. They, um, I mean, they had some talent on this team already, so. Unless there's a big injury or some guy that they're bringing in plays out of his freaking mind, I think they're a little bit better set up than we think. So I'm going to say we kind of move away from the undrafted free agents, and uh, we'll we'll get a couple of them on the practice squad for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to say none. That That'd is my. Nice. I know. I kind of it'd be a fresh change of pace, and I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, because right. you're right. In the past, you're like, well, I hope Reggie Gilbert pans into something so we don't have anyone else to rush the passer. And like those, a lot of those holes are filled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, completely off topic. Uh, Corey Jennerjohn wants to know, do you bag or mulch your grass? Corey, I, I, I mulch because I've got two young children and I don't have the time or the energy to bag. And uh, my back hurts. So Completely on the same board. I completely just... There's no way in hell I'm going to bag my grass. Yep. I have I have a corner lot and a backyard, so uh, <laughs> not happening. I just spent a good three hours edging, uh, not ed- yeah, doing some uh, the edging of my driveway, the front, the side. Like it's one of those things. You get older, you want your lawn to look nice, and I kind of wanted to do that because it looked like it had never been done at my house, but. Uh, it's a huge pain in the ass. I, mean, now, I, moved, I moved about a year and a half ago, and we used to live in a place with, like, no yard, and now we got, like, half an acre we're on. And uh, my neighborhood has a whole bunch of old people that all just either keep up. Their, like, there's people legitimately kitty-corner to me that just it's – two, it's two people in, like, their 70s or something that are retired. They're <laughs> out there every waking hour. Like, legitimately every waking hour they're out there. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I got a, I got, I got a, I actually just got a riding mower this year for the first time in my life, oh, and it's a, it's a life jealous. changer because it's not three and a half hours to mow my lawn anymore. Uh, but yeah, I gotta, I gotta try to keep it looking nice, but I don't have a whole lot of time, so it's the closest I can get. Mulch, mulch, mulch. I agree. All right, moving on. We've got Elijah Rob. Do you think Rashawn Gary will end up being second banana to Darnell Savage? To Elijah, I say, well done, sir. Well done. That is a <laughs> Great tweet. Um, I just I loved it. It's very on brand for us. So uh, the captain of second bananas, I will let you lead that off. Do you I'm, think Rashawn Gary will end up being second banana to Darnell Savage? Steve, it's top banana. You know it's top banana. I just like pissing you, you know off. I keep seeing there's so many buttons I can just working on it. I know. I just uh, want to see if I can finally make Dusty explode. First of all, I just want to say that uh, I, I may have lost the banana bet. Uh, where I, I still need to get a bottle of bourbon juice, Steve. Have. I may, look, I lost, I lost the bet. I lost the bet handily. I overestimated, but it has led to more people now using <laughs> top banana and second banana. So in a way, I feel like I won. 
I just want to say I'm glad this this terminology has made its way into just just everyone's uh, vocabulary now. So you're welcome. You're all welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, America. Yeah, America, you're welcome. Um, yeah, I'm going to say uh, for the first season, yeah. I mean, I think what's going to happen, I've kind of gone on record of saying this before. Um, you know, Savage is, is obviously going to be, he's going to slot in. He's going to be the starter at free safety this year. Uh, whereas I think I, I think Gary's going to come along a little more slowly just based on who they have. I think Gary, at least first part of the season, is going to come on as um, – uh, you know, primarily as a pass rusher in uh, obvious passing situations. Again, for at least like first half of the season or something, until they kind of work him in. Uh, so you've got Savage out there as a starter, kind of you know making some plays, doing some stuff, not being haha Clinton Dix. And Gary's going to be out there, you know, for you know fifteen to twenty percent of the snaps. So just just my assumption, you know, at least first half of the season. And then I think as it kind of goes along, you know, starting with the second season. Gary's going to be more involved and the pass rusher when a pass rusher is is good it's a sexier position because you're out there people can see what's going on whereas a free safety they're kind of off the screen unless you really look in you're not really you can't you're not really seeing how they impact the game whereas a pass rusher is very very clear how you impact it so I'm going to say first season savage top banana uh second season on uh you know provided Gary realizes potential Gary top banana and Savage will be recognized as second banana, but I really do think Savage is going to be a very good free safety. I just think based on where the position is, um, it's just not going to get nearly as much recognition by uh, by the majority of people. Normally I like to, you know, kind of go against you just so we have something to argue about. And, sure. You know, it's, it's more fun banter that way. Yeah. I mean, you kind of nailed everything I wanted to say. I think starting off, like, Savage should be ready to go starter day one. And Gary, like you said, will be rotated in. So I think it's very easy to see how in the first year you'll see a lot more damage done by Darnell Savage uh, as opposed to to Rashawn Gary. But, yeah, eventually, as long as he he does realize the potential, he's in the the right room Mm -hmm. um, learning all those things from the, you know, the the outside backers, the defensive line guys. As long as he picks up on those things and is willing to do the work, he's got the potential to be freaking huge for the Packers. I mean – the thought of having him as an outside linebacker, Zadarius Smith kicking in as a defensive end, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, Preston Smith, like, oh, like my yeah. my mind kind of like just my eyes bulged a little bit, like whoa. Oh, you? I mean, we saw what Petten did last year with that mm-hmm. position, and now like just even beyond the Smiths, and now with Gary in the room, like, good gracious, they can. I do mean, some yeah, you could even pick, keep Bo Smith on the outside and have Gary be a defensive end, like. It, there's so many different schemes and ways to line these guys up that he's not going to be double team, triple team. He's going to be, he's going to be the guy they do single team because they've got so many other options that Holy crap. He might be able to do a little bit of cooking. Might be, might be able to eat a little bit more than he did in Michigan. So for sure, for it's, sure. it's exciting, but yeah, like you said, year one, I'd say savage, hopefully and finger, we're all going fingers crossed year mm-hmm. two, year three, year four, it will be Gary. For sure, yes. So let's go. We got one more. Uh, Jedi Pack, also a cool name. Like it. Hmm. Uh, which running back on our roster do you feel will get the most touches in the new offense? I already know your answer, Steve. I already know your answer. <laughs> um, it's I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's got to be Jones, right? It's absolutely Jones. That For me, yeah, absolutely. It's got to be. Like, I like Jamal Williams. Um you know, got another rookie in there and get some touches, you know, did some great things at Notre Dame, but still a rookie. Uh, mm-hmm. I will, and 
when given the ball and he's healthy, Jones is a dynamic playmaker and no one could figure out why the hell he couldn't get the ball more. So, yeah, and, and he's, I mean, you know, piggybacking off of that, he's he's more versatile than Williams. And yep. what we know about LaFleur is he likes he likes to use running backs in his pass and run game. He likes a running back that can do both. And, hey, guess what? Jones can do both very, very well. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there was always the concern of the pass pro, which I've said many times I think is an overblown concern. I don't think Jones is terrible at pass pro. Um, Williams should get his touches. I think I saw the, that LaFleur said something about a committee, like a committee-based approach which i don't love but i also don't love you know jones out there you know getting a ton of carries i do think you need to limit him somewhat but it based on what he can do in the run and pass game yeah it's it's absolutely has to be jones by a fairly considerable margin like you said provided healthy yeah i mean it's 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 a no-brainer I mean, yeah. like aaron jones should be the feature back like he is the He's just everything you want in a running back. He has the ability to, to catch the ball out of the backfield and make plays. He makes guys miss. He makes the smart reads. Like he, Everything we all wanted, and then they just didn't use him enough. Yeah. They didn't use him enough for, for me. Like we, we were clamoring for 20-plus touches, not even rushes, just touches. And we couldn't even get that. It was like 16, 18. There's, I think it was one game that finally yeah, I think it was. The, maybe the first game they started going heavier with him. He got, I think he touched 25. 25. Yeah. Oh, maybe, yeah. So it, as long as he's healthy, he sh- should be the guy. I think he should be the guy. They, like you said, they kind of will make sure that they get everybody some touches. They'll they'll want to do that because LaFord, I mean, you, you watched it. I mean, there was Derrick Henry mm-hmm. um, getting the ball a lot, and then there was uh, Deion Lewis, and oh, they, they, they worked everybody in, yeah. in, as they should. There's no there's no need for one guy to get every single touch in the running back position anymore. There's just not. There's nobody yeah. good enough. Like, even Le'Veon Bell, I'm sorry. He's, he's great. He's a great running back. Still shouldn't touch the ball every single down. Right. There, there, there should be people mixed in. Give them like you. You want that in the, and I think that's what the Packers have. They've got a dynamic group of running backs that all can do some different things well. Yeah, you and know? I mean the key for me that I always think about with offenses is versatility. Um, I always think of a game and kind of uh, offensive packages in terms of what what can this group do in a no huddle situation. Because uh, ideally, you want to be able to either legitimately threaten to run the ball or pass the ball. And you know, like I said Jones is more dynamic, but uh, the, you know the other two guys are, are not slouches. They can still catch the ball. Uh, so I think any of those guys out there, I think Jones Jones clearly is the best. But any of those guys can can is a threat in the running game or the receiving game as well. And so that's the thing when you go up tempo, you don't want to get stuck with a guy who. Every Every time he's on the field, signals run only, uh, like a like a Garrett Blount, because he can't do anything else. Uh, any of those guys right. are a threat to do anything. So I mean, they're not not to say they're interchangeable because they're not. Um, but but if you get one of those guys on the field and you go up tempo, uh, I like that's still enough to scare any defense. Love it. We're on the same page. Uh, also, would like to announce that the green the uh, Milwaukee Bucks have officially beaten the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Uh, series is over. Thank God, Boston can go to hell. They mm-hmm. are not winning another. They're not winning the NBA championship this year. Who cares if they win the NFL? They win the NHL. They win the MLB. Not happening in the NBA this year. And I not can today. Not today. Very Sam. happy. I think that does wrap up our uh, mailbox. Unless I missed one. Do you got them all? I think that was uh, all that's one. that's all I had. Yeah outstanding uh we will try to end up on a fun note because well it's us and it's on brand so we do need to talk about food a little bit (laughs) 
Dusty, I do want I want to know because we talked about this a little bit beforehand, but where is your favorite pizza place ever? You know, it depends on the day. If I'm going thin crust, I'm going Donato's. The Donato's is just straight pepperoni pizza is one of the best things in this entire world. Uh, but today, I'm I'm feeling Jets. Man, we got we got Jets in the area. Got the, the just some of the best crust I've ever had. Their turbo crust is life changing, uh, and then I've never never had a bad topping from them. It's uh, never been disappointed in Jets. It's it's always it's continuously amazing. So today, I'm saying Jets. Okay. Um, before I answer, we actually have some breaking NFL news, and I did oh. double check the. Uh, there is a check mark by Ian Rappaport, so it is actually <laughs> Rap Sheet doing it, and I'm not being tricked. The Seattle Seahawks are signing former Lions franchise tag pass rusher Ziggy Ansah to a contract. That was a possibility. Officially official. Uh, So NFC team getting another, uh, you know, lose Frank Clark, add Ziggy Ansah. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see what the numbers are. So there's some guys out there right now that that definitely could uh, be interesting to see where they land. Like there's some talented people out there to see kind of what the numbers end up being. Um, but big guy going over to the uh, Seahawks. So. Just not in the division anymore, so I'm happy for that. That is good. As far as my pizza, if you ever go to Chicago, I, uh, I like deep dish, but it's not my favorite. Peace Pizza. Um, it is one of the best spots in, right in the heart of uh, one of the you know very famous suburbs. I forget which one it is, but uh, not suburbs, sorry. Um, I think it's over in Wicker Park, but um, outstanding pizza. Like they have one. There's also a famous uh, hot dog place there called Hot Dogs. I think they're out of business now, but they still the owner still operates with them, and they have a spicy sausage pizza that was Ooh. freaking outstanding. It gets a little burn on the mouth, but uh, they've they also had their own little brewery there, so they've got great beers. Um, and pretty much any time I go down to Chicago, I'm always buying one of their pizzas and. Unfortunately, they do not deliver to Milwaukee any, uh, at all. It's very sad. But Peace Pizza, if you guys are listening, feel free to send me some free pizzas. <laughs> always got an angle, Steve. Always got. An I angle. absolutely do, Dusty. I will always have an angle for free food. All right. Well, that will do it for us. Uh, next week, we'll be back again next Thursday. Sarah should be back as long as she's not too hungover from Vegas. <laughs> uh, will be interesting to see. Actually, I don't even think she's drinking, but no, um, she is 21, but still not able to drink, not drinking. So, uh, it should be fun though. We will, I'm sure we'll be hitting some Packers stuff. We'll be hitting some food takes or, uh, and some Beatles takes. I'm sure that'll be good. It'll be good for everybody, but yeah, just, uh, you know, come with a little knowledge next time you come with the Beatles take. That's all I asked Steve. I know we're not going to get into this right now. Dusty. I mean, I'm right. And you're wrong, but we're just not going to get into it because this would take too long. It's incorrect. You're wrong. <laughs> Well, it's been, fr- it's been fun, my friend. We will uh, do it again all next week. Pack-A-Day Podcast, make sure you follow... <coughs> oh, excuse me. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Steve Perhead. Shut up. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> That's what happens, man. That's God striking you down for disrespecting the Beatles. Do you want to host? Do you want to host, really? No, I that? absolutely do not. Mm-hmm. I was going to tell the people where they could follow you on Twitter, but screw oh, you. Cool. They yeah, all know that's... where to go now. Uh, <laughs> make sure you follow us on Pack-A-Day Podcast. We always love the interactions. Thank you for the questions again. It was great, guys. Uh, We love the interactions. It was so much fun. Um, Hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and we'll catch you guys next week. For Dusty, I'm Steve. As always, go Pack Go. One kick away from the NFC Championship game from the 41. 
Left hash mark. 51 yard. Field goal attempt. Snap. Placement. Kick to the upright. And it is right to the It is good. 